0: Welcome back to the Beyond Macros podcast. We are the Sustainable Transformation Nutrition Coaches, and our show will teach you how to get leaner and perform better in a way that lasts with episodes about nutrition, recovery, and the all-important art of inner work. Today's show is actually the first that I am doing in our new video interview series that will be on the Beyond Macros YouTube channel. As you may have heard a few weeks ago, we have 10 coaches going through the new Beyond Macro Certified Coach Program, and my goal is to help create educational materials as well as the certification so that coaches know how to deliver a true VIP experience to their clients and help their clients create a truly sustainable transformation. And I am filming this new series of interviews with other coaches and business owners who will share their experiences and insights so we can raise the standard in the fitness industry. Today's show is the audio from one of those interviews that I did with Ryan Fisher. And it was such a good story. I want to share it with all of you here. Next week, we'll be back to the short form episodes that you're used to. This week's guest, Ryan Fisher, is famous for having a turtle shell for an abdomen, and he's also a bit notorious in the CrossFit scene after telling a judge at regionals, I will effing kill you after a few no reps. Dave Castro in the CrossFit Games posted a video publicly shaming him, and that was a major turning point for Ryan, which you'll learn about in his story. I'd actually seen that video, and about a year after it was released, I met him for the first time at an event in Huntington Beach, California, that was put on by the franchise F45. Ryan and a few other CrossFitters beat F45 at their own game and made headlines over that weekend. But the real impression that I got of Ryan, which he may not remember, is that he was a super down-to-earth guy, and he even bought lunch for a few of us, including myself, uh, the first day of the competition. So I actually found it pretty unfortunate that public perception of him in the CrossFit community at that point was so poor. But you'll soon learn why Ryan reacted so emotionally to that situation at regionals and how he has built up a loyal following of super fans afterwards for everything ranging from his personal Instagram to his gym CrossFit chalk to his training methodologies and his podcast Real Chalk Radio, which recently got picked up by the Shrugged Collective. This episode is a bit longer than usual because it is an uncut interview. If you're a coach or fitness business owner, I think you're going to learn a ton from Ryan's story. And if you head to beyondmacros.com slash YouTube, it will take you to our YouTube channel where we will be posting more interviews like this as well as coaching resources. And if you just listen to this show for the entertainment and information, I think you're still going to really enjoy Ryan's story And in addition to interviews like this one, I'm also going to be putting up more educational nutrition videos on our YouTube channel on a much more consistent basis moving forward. I just posted a photo on Instagram of the new filming setup I put together, so you know I'm serious about this. I'm 78 episodes into this podcast. When I do something, I do it for the long term. So we've already got some information-packed videos on YouTube about how to calculate macros, how to make MyFitnessPal easier, and more. So if you check out beyondmacros.com YouTube today, there's still some good resources, and I recommend subscribing so that you can get updates as this new content comes out. And a quick shout-out before the episode to our listener, Sid, who is having success with her macros and meal planning program, and she left this awesome review of the show. She said, I recently purchased a Beyond Macros meal and macro plan and joined the community. These podcasts are an awesome resource for answering questions when affording a nutrition coach isn't possible for me. Matt is clear and backs up his statements with studies, but without losing me to the drone of science jargon. Interesting topics and guests with realistic directions on how to apply what I learn in my daily life. Thanks for that review, Sid. Now let's dive into my very first of many video interviews with Ryan Fisher. Yeah, first video podcast, so probably yeah. start it from right there when we do the live cut. Just let everybody right. know I'm not going to do some awkward introduction with Ryan here, but this is Ryan Fisher, the guy who uh, threatened to judge at the CrossFit Games that he'd kill them, which was one of the things that made me be like, fuck yeah, that guy's that guy's red. <laughs> but
1: uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, <time>. Yeah, different time. And that's, I think that's the big thing that we'll be chatting about today is like, you know, what it took to be homeless to what it takes to, you know, run seven figures worth of businesses. Um, Yeah. And I'm just curious to kind of start out at the bottom of the story. Like when you say you were homeless, what did that look like? And at what point in your story was that?
2: So I had graduated. Well, first off, I was on the Olympic bobsled team in 2010. Yeah. And... I was training all the time. I had just graduated from the University of Utah. I had two degrees, exercise physiology. One was in nutrition. And then I decided that I was going to move to California to work at this CrossFit gym. Yeah. And I started working there and I didn't like how it was going. They told me I was going to be able to make the workouts and have a lot of brain, like on how everything was getting orchestrated. I was going to be like the manager. Yeah. And it didn't go that way. And I just, freaked out one day and quit and I was like you know what no big deal I'll be able to get a job somewhere else it's not gonna be a problem yeah everybody knows me on the scene like I I was like just getting really big and every gym I went to they were like sorry like we don't know you because I was from I moved there from Utah yeah I was that's where I went to school and did the bobsled thing so when I got to California like no one had like knew me there and they're like sorry like we don't we don't hire anybody that we don't know like as far as CrossFit coaches go And then I started going to like different colleges and like University of San Diego, like whatever, to try to get a job. And I couldn't get anything.
0: And just like month
2: after month went by and like all my savings just getting chipped away, chipped away. And there was this gym that let me work out with them for a few months, like while this was happening. Yeah. And they just, they really took to me and loved me and just like really took care of me. And, um, actually the owner of that gym, Andrews Varner is now the, the head, he's the head guy for Barbell Shrug now, which is yeah. the, the channel that I have a podcast on. So a lot of things have changed for him, but he was like a big deal in the beginning of like why I was able to like survive. So being in his gym, everybody knew me and everybody like would get together and try to get excited about me going to a competition. They would raise money yeah. for me because I didn't have any money. and. um there there was a point where I ran out of all my money and I told everyone I'm leaving. I'm getting yeah. in my car, and I'm driving back home to New Jersey with my, my parents. And I was going to go back to school to be like a nurse. Yeah. Because my mom was like, you need a job that's like secure and all this. And I was like, "Fuck, she's right. <laughs> and then I was like, no, she's not right. Like this sucks. Like I don't feel, I don't feel right about it. Like something doesn't feel good. Like I'm, I'm sick to my stomach and, Every night I would go to bed and like have anxiety attacks of just like the thought of my life not going the direction that I wanted it to go in. And it yeah. really, really, it bothered me so deep to my core. Like every night, like I would cry like every, like all the time. Like yeah. I would go to the grocery store and just fucking stack bags full of the most expensive shit because I wasn't going to pay for it anyway. Yeah. So like... <laughs> It was like, well, I'm either going to eat fucking filet mignon and lobster or I can buy anything I want in the store right now or take anything I want in the store right now. It doesn't matter because I'm going to get in trouble the same. Yeah. So I was eating good. <laughs> <laughs> and at the, when I told everybody I was, I was going to leave, uh, this girl that I didn't even know, yeah. was like, you can stay on my couch for, for, you know, for as long as you need to get on your feet. And I didn't think that was going to be that long. And it wound up being like, three or four months yeah and it was the only place I had to go like before that I'd spent like a, just like a couple of days like in my car just like what am I gonna do and I literally when I slept on her couch at the beginning of that three to four month span I only had 200 bucks yeah so for three to four hundred, for three to four months I just had that little bit of money and yeah I wound up Going to a big competition called the OC Throwdown, which everybody probably has heard of at some point. Yeah, and I got I got second place against everybody that had gone to the CrossFit Games. These were huge names, and it just changed everything for me. Like it made a, a huge wave in the community, and everybody knew who I was. And I was able to get a job at that point. Yeah, and I moved I moved to LA, and I was working at Ronnie's Gym. Yeah. You remember Ronnie,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know Ronnie. <laughs> I re- yeah, I remember Ronnie, pretty raw. <laughs> For sure. Yeah.
2: Um, so at that point, like things were starting to get on track. I was starting to save a lot of money because I started picking up personal training and I'll never forget the moment of like someone asking me to to be their trainer and they're like, How much money is it? And honestly, I would have taken anything because I didn't have yeah. money. But I remember just like super stoic, just being like, a hundred dollars an hour, you know, and, yeah. I, and like that, to me, that sounded like, you know, $1 million. And,
0: yeah. Just throwing up the pity like Dr. Abel.
2: <laughs> that's what it felt like. You know? Yeah. He's like, all right, I want to come three days a week and blah, blah, blah. Blah. And I literally was like a little girl inside. I wanted to be like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Like freaking <laughs> out. And from there, I just, you know, started taking on more clients. I started coaching as many classes as I could within a year. I had saved $60,000 in cash.
1: Yeah. Which
2: is pretty dope. Yeah, and that's I, no joke. I eventually moved to Newport Beach to train with Kenny Leverage. Him and I trained together and we did really well in competitions. And I went to Dubai World Championships and won a bunch more money. And, um, and then, yeah, and then I had the opportunity to open chalk. I mean, there's still some other little small parts in there, but not small, but bigger parts that got to me owning the gym but really what it comes down to is to get to this part of the story where we're at right now i just can't like emphasize enough that every single person that you're around at all times is always watching you and 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 they're analyzing what you're doing and not necessarily cuz they want to do anything for you but when they need someone for something you're the first person that they ask for yeah and i had this investor guy who to me, looked like a regular person, and he was the person who created, like, who made MySpace. Yeah, like this guy had like a hundred million dollars in his bank, and he just drove an F one fifty and and wore regular clothes, and I had no idea. Yeah, and he was one of my clients. He just decided one day, like, I want to give you the money for the gym and whatever you think you need. Like, we'll do it. And I just, I really want this to be your thing, and I think that you deserve it, and all these things. And from there. I had just in my head, just like envisioned every gym that I ever thought was amazing. And I went online and Googled every cool gym, what they looked like. And I went and traveled to some of these places. Like I went to New York and looked at Solace and I went and looked at um, Brick in LA. And I went and looked at like all these big gyms that were known and why they were known and people who were known for business and people who were known for this and known for that. Cause this was my only shot. Once I said yes, this guy asked for every dollar out of my bank account. I went back from my 60000 bucks in my account to zero. I had to give him all of it. Yeah. And he's like, I want to know that you're going to work your ass off. And I was like, all right, well, let's go. So he took all my money. I borrowed some money from my mom. I had to pay her back, and I did. And then from there, I just started building something that no one had really built yet in the CrossFit community, and that was like the equinox of CrossFit gyms. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Your gym looks pretty sick.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It's super nice. And then really how the whole seven figures thing came about. And if that's kind of like how you want to go from this route is basically when I opened the gym, I always thought it was weird that people like they put their workouts online. Yeah. I just thought I just thought it was weird. Like I just was like, well now that this is my gym and I'm doing different programs that other people are doing, like my workouts are just different. Like I have this sweat program that's totally different than what anybody else does. Yeah. I have this new program called the Daily D where it's just an everyday is a dumbbell and jump rope only workout.
1: Nice.
2: Or just dumbbells only. And it's for yeah. people who have limited time, limited equipment, their moms, dads, whatever, right? so you get all these programs that are on there and i'm like i'm not gonna put this online like it's just like valuable yeah and then like four years later i started noticing that like a few people were like doing online programming not gyms but just like people and i was like i bet that i could probably sell the programming that i do in the gym like it takes me like my entire Sunday just to make a week, like the whole day is just brainwash on making workouts. Yeah. So the first day that I did that, like, I don't know. I made it 20 bucks. And like the first day I made four grand. Jeez. And like, that's like what my salary was for the gym. Yeah. So I had like doubled my salary and I was like, holy shit, this is really cool and I hadn't even marketed it yet. Like it started making, it probably started making like 10 grand a month before I even started marketing it. Like people were just going crazy. Like,
1: yeah. How did they hear about it?
2: I love this program. I love this program. And like, they were just tagging like crazy on Instagram and on Facebook and all this stuff. And then I was like, all right, well let's see how many people we can get on here. So I started, you know, gathering quite a bit of people on there, (laughs) I mean, that makes me a huge chunk of change. And then I, as an athlete, started to kind of like deteriorate in my left knee, like my left knee. I had a snowboard accident that shredded it and I had like no ACL and everything got repaired and it's all messed up. And after 10 years of competing in CrossFit, it's just bone on bone.
1: Yeah. Gnarly. (laughs)
2: So I mean, it just hurts me all the time. So yeah. like, I kind of stopped like snatching and doing cleans and box jumps and a lot of stuff like that. And I decided, you know, I still love the cardio aspects, but I, I need to do more of like just static kind of bodybuilding, like bench press. I can do lunges, but I can't do back squats just because yeah. like, the lunge goes to 90 degrees. So it, it started to create like its own kind of style of training. And that's when I started creating the interval bodybuilding stuff. Yeah. So, it's not technically CrossFit because I'm not putting all the CrossFit movements in it. Yeah. But it still has that kind of feel, and there's a lot of cardio in there. So, I just started documenting everything and I started making books out of it. And I was like, I wonder if anybody will buy this. And I. <laughs> Just, like, put it out there. And then I started a podcast, and the podcast got picked up by Barbell Shrugs. Yeah. And then all the people that I had met from Barbell Shrugs, like, meeting you right now is, like, is a new person. And, like, but everybody I would meet is a new person, and they they have something to offer, right? So I'm always trying to be the best version of myself. So, like, when these people want to tell me something that's worth something to them, they feel comfortable, you know? Yeah. So I always try to bring my, you know, my best self forward. And some of these people were really good at, you know, making ads. And some of these people were really good at graphic design and some of these people were really good at different things. So now I have this whole crew of people that I met specifically from my podcasting. Yeah. So I have like a whole graphic design team, an ad team, You know, I have like a a person who helps me with my social media. Like you should do this. You should do that. So like all of it together now is like, is all online in, in the eyes of millions of people. Yeah. So now, you know, if I, I mean, I can bring in six figures in a month. Yeah. It's like, it's something that I didn't have access to do like ever in my life. Yeah. Yeah this is the first year where I've like really figured it out.
0: Yeah. That's the feeling that I got from listening to some of your podcasts where it's like you solo or, you know, you talking about Instagram and things like that. I'm like, ah, oh, kind of sounds like this is a new thing. Haven't it figured out?
2: Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Like I was telling my mom the other day, my mom's like, how's it feel to like, you know, you make enough money now to do like whatever you want. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Like I'm driving down the street and I'll see like my dream car and I could just be like, I could buy that if I wanted to, or yeah, I'll see a really sick house that you like. You normally would think growing up, like, how does that person have that house? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like, how do you have that much money?
0: And now you realize it's the internet money.
2: But now I just—it's <laughs> not even that. It's—it's it's just yeah. like, well, if I want that house, I just have to do this. Yeah, you know, like, I just have to do XYZ. I, I can just—I can make seven figures a month if I wanted to put the work behind it to create that wealth. Yeah, There's definitely some sacrifice in your life that you need to do at that point to make that much money, but it's not a mystery anymore, which I think is cool. Nice. And it's just an interesting feeling. I don't know. It's, it's cool. I I like, I like it for sure. Yeah. I don't, I don't need to get to the part where like, I'm just so money hungry that my life is like on hold because yeah, I'm super into adventuring around. I ride my bike every day. Like I love surfing. I love like snowboarding and traveling around and having a really good time. Yeah. I have a lot of friends here who've made a lot of money. Like, cause living in Newport beach, these are people who have yeah. just crazy, crazy amounts of cash. And they're just like, you know, like I really love, like I commend you for the way you live your life. Like, yeah. And, you know, I put 10 years of my life on hold to make money. And now I look back and I'm like, shit, but he's like, but I'm watching you like doing what you love to do. And you're still traveling and having fun. And like, I think that's really cool. And I think you should, you should keep doing that. And I keep yeah. that in the back of my mind. I always like to listen to the people that are ahead of me and kind of like, yeah, hear, you know what they have to talk what what they have to say. Yeah. It, it helps me a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And you got access to a lot of that. I used to live in Newport for a little while and yeah, (laughs) crazy amounts. I
2: I love it here so much. Like every time I I I do too, man, every time I leave, I come back and I'm like, shit, this place is really cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. uh, Like Southern Orange County from like Newport down is just such a beautiful part of the California coast. It really is. Yeah.
2: Sometimes just the people are a little bit lame.
0: (laughs) Everybody just
2: like, you Everybody can find like, like people money anywhere. Money train. Yeah. Sure.
0: Yeah. But... Definitely. I'm curious to hear like what the changes were between your ears, like the mindset changes from like being in your car on your way back to New Jersey, just kind of, you know, at your rock bottom, like what were the big kind of milestone mindset shifts that you had to make in order to end up where you're at today? And I'm also curious, like on top of that, how those mindset shifts led to you just showing up differently and what that looked like.
2: Well, I told you like I used to have like anxiety going to bed at night and just like all these things like it was a lot of people tell you to listen to your gut and like my gut was just kind of telling me that like what I was about to do was not the right move yeah and I'm I'm not like a super hippie type of person but I do feel like we are all meant to do certain things like and I just feel like inside of us like there is a feeling if you're doing the wrong thing that like it's wrong like Like me stealing food felt wrong and I didn't like the way it felt, but it was necessary Yeah, and I had to do it. But like me leaving and giving up on my dream was like not okay. Like I couldn't, I couldn't do it at all. Like getting in my car and trying to pack my shit, like wasn't an option in my head. I was like, I have to do something else. Yeah. So this girl, you know, when she offered me her couch, I was like, All right, I have to take this opportunity. I don't know where I'm going to go or where I'm going to be in a month or a week, a couple of days. Like, I didn't know what my life was going to be. Like, and it was really sad because my mom, like, all the time was like, you know, you got to get your life together. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to get this job. And she, you know, I have seven brothers and sisters (laughs) beside me. And my mom put a lot of stock in me and, like, really wanted me to succeed because I was always the kid who like was doing well in sports and I always just like did well in school and my mom just like it broke her heart to find out that I wasn't doing well yeah and it, it put a lot of pressure on me to feel like I have to do well for my mom I don't want her to be like embarrassed of me you know And uh, but I just couldn't leave and then when all these opportunities came I just Instantly was like, okay, like who are the best people in the world at what I'm about to do and why? And I just, I researched everything I could about everything. I talked to everybody I could about everything. I, even my favorite, like Anders was my favorite trainer of all time. And I, I just like took the style that he took to class. Like he, he went to class every day with 110% effort. Like he was like on fire. Like, I don't know if he went home and just instantly fell asleep because of how much energy he put out. Yeah. But I was like, I'm gonna coach like that. And when I started my gym, I didn't have any coaches at all. I was coaching ten classes a day, plus two plus two privates every day. So I was coaching twelve hours, making all the workouts. I'd clean the floors at night. I you know, would do stuff for the website, I would do the Instagram, I'd do my Instagram, like I was doing all these things. I was sleeping like maybe four hours a night and waking up every day, like fired up to go Yeah, because like that was my dream and there was no way I was going to like let it go. Yeah, And even now, like people ask me now, like, dude, like you do so much stuff. Like I still run the CrossFit chalk Instagram. I still run my Instagram. I still run the stories. I just started YouTube. I do everything for my podcast. I am starting a food brand that nobody knows about in about a month and a half. Yeah. It's gonna it's gonna be insane. I'm so excited. My the person that I'm teaming up with is already in like Whole Foods and stuff, so it's gonna be huge. Yeah. And then I still work out every day and you know, try to make inspiring posts and try to, you know, try to still learn and all these things and people ask me now, like how do you keep your energy going? And it's like if you don't know what it's like to not have any of this, it's a lot easier than you think. Like, yeah. I would never want to be that kid that just grew up rich and you didn't have to do anything. Like it totally takes the fun out of everything. Yeah. Or just opportunity in general. Like I, I love building opportunity for myself and having new things on my plate. Even yeah. right now, with all the money that I'm making, I still live in the same apartment. I drive the same car. I haven't changed like anything. Like the only thing I do different is I like, go on like gnarly vacations because that's like, that's what I like to do. Yeah. That's awesome. But, yeah. yeah. Shit, I mean, that just shows like
0: what you were doing and all those opportunities you were seizing and that like inspiration energy you had, it was just coming from doing what you want to do.
2: Yeah. At the time, like I wasn't listening to podcasts. I wasn't like, there wasn't a lot of people, like everyone's trying to be like Gary V now, like putting out that inspirational stuff.
1: Yeah. Which,
2: which I think is fine. I just, at the time for me, like that didn't exist. Like nobody was doing that and like no one was promoting that and Instagram wasn't really big yet like monetizing off of Instagram wasn't a thing. And I didn't even know that was a thing until like maybe two years ago. Yeah. I had this girlfriend and she was making crazy money on this supplement company called shreds. Yeah. And I was like, I would go out to dinner with her and her friends. And like some of these kids would roll up in like Lamborghinis. And I'm like, how do they make this money? Yeah. And she would tell me, and I would sit there and listen in and then I'd, you know listen to them as well and I would just keep gathering this information I'm like alright this is good to know like one day like when I have a bigger following I'm gonna I'm gonna attack like this and this is how yeah. I'm gonna come at it so I started doing the nutrition challenges and yeah. selling the books and stuff the nutrition challenge for me is massive
0: yeah it looks like it
2: I mean the amount of people that sign up for that thing is pretty intense
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's why. Yeah, it's
2: it's insane, yeah. And it's it's gotten even bigger. Like people get so many amazing results from it that it just spreads on its own. Like Yeah. There's two different types of people out there that are making money. Like one's the con artist and one is the person who really cares and makes a great product. Yeah. And the person who makes the great product will always win in the end.
0: Yeah, I reckon. I mean, yeah. you see all these companies that aren't around anymore cuz just con artists. Yeah, uh, but I mean they probably
2: made enough money to make it work. Oh, big time. Like, I mean, even like, yeah, there's a lot of big YouTubers and stuff out there that's created business programs or whatever. And they made millions of dollars and just got out. Yeah. But I don't want to be like that. I want to walk the streets and like feel pretty good. I see people in airports all the time. Like, when I travel, I see people. I don't want them to be like, you're that douchebag <laughs> that stole a hundred bucks from me. I don't want to be like that. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, there was like that one uh, fitness model who was just selling a bunch of BS programs. And there's that joke video of the guy walking up and being like, you sold my daughter a bad nutrition plan and you wouldn't give her a refund. <laughs> and then that ended up going viral and a bunch of people. Actually, that exact thing happened to them. And they just like you know, all jumped on the train and we're like, yeah, what the heck? I didn't get a refund. You know, this was BS. Oh, this wasn't what was promised. I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. People
2: get destroyed all the time.
0: Yeah. and uh, It's, it's yeah.
2: really easy to do.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's so like, common yeah. with like fitness products too. It's like, Oh
2: yeah, for sure. <laughs> Especially California. Like there's so many people in California, like trying to do the same thing. Like when you go to a, a globo gym here, like a twenty four or an LA Fitness or whatever, like there's all those people in there just all videotaping and it's pretty normal now. I've I've met so many of like the younger generation, like twenty to twenty five, and they don't even want to go to school anymore. They just wanna yeah. become fitness influencers. Like they went to school for like one semester, started working out in the school gym and then realized by taking photos of themselves working out and typing, and then putting routines up, they yeah. were able to make more money than their parents. And yeah. it's like, it's a real thing now, dude. Like the Instagram world is, it's a whole nother animal. And yeah. I, I think a lot of people are missing out on the ad revenue. Yeah. Because I can make more money on, on running ads for my products than, than any reflection of my followers. Like I, I have, you know, friends who have a million plus followers that don't make nearly as much money as maybe I might make. Yeah. And I've, I've had, People on my podcast who've only had ten thousand followers, and they're making up forty, fifty thousand dollars a month. Yeah. So I think some people out there get really discouraged because they're like, you know, I don't have you know a million followers, and that's not that's not necessarily accurate at
0: all. Yeah. And what do you think the key is? Because like when I look at your content on Instagram, it's like. It's, it's, you're not holding back your personality. You know, it's just like, there's a lot of just like Ryan on there, but then there's also like, th- this is what I do. I'm curious yeah. for you, like, it, when you learned two years ago that you could monetize on Instagram, what was kind of the key there? Ah, look at that beautiful lighting.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I still don't think I've found like my true self on Instagram yet. Yeah. But, like, Not like, I shouldn't say my true self, but like the self that everybody wants to hear more of. Yeah. And and see more of. Because I don't want to be the guy who's just doing fitness videos and just posting workouts. That's not what I want to be. Yeah. Because I'm a business owner and I'm an entrepreneur and I'm into different things. And I love, it makes me so sad. Like for me to go hike a mountain in Norway that I've wanted to hike my whole life and to post that and get, and get like a tenth of the engagement on like a picture of me, my shirt off, <laughs> you know, but I'm, yeah. but I'm not going to like not post that. Like, and I yeah. want to post that and I, I want that to be part of my page too. So it's a bummer, but i like, I like to show a variety of all the stuff. But what, what really started to kind of like gain my following was once I decided that I was good enough to sell programs and I was good enough to put myself out there. Yeah. I I think I had like, like 70 or 80,000 followers at the time. This is actually just like a year ago. Yeah. I was like, you know, I was like, you know what? Like I'm getting these books made. I'm going to sell them. It's better than this guy's product for sure. I started meeting people who were making products Yeah, and my my online program was cruising. People were really loving it. Like only positive feedback. And I just never thought that I was good enough to be the guy that was like, you should buy my programs, you know? Yeah. And I just started getting really tired of seeing people who didn't deserve it all of a sudden, like really killing it. And once I put the ad spend behind my products and was like, all right, you know, let's spend a couple thousand bucks this month, put some ads behind it. It got out to more eyeballs and those eyeballs saw my stuff. And because of that, I would get more followers because they, they would see myself and then click on it. If they like it, then they follow me too. Yeah. But right now, without that, without your ad spend, you know, only so-and-so can see you. Like you have to get tagged and stuff. You have to show up on people's explore page, stuff like that. But right now you might be watching your story. You might watch like, you know, barbell shrug story. And then all of a sudden that ends and then you go to Ryan Fisher, but in between there'll be an ad Yeah. and, and it'll be me. And it'll just be like, you know, swipe up if you want a free program or something like that, or email me for this or that. And like, I'm just getting more eyes on my stuff. Yeah. And that's like what really helped me grow. And then also like what really helped me sell a lot more stuff.
0: Yeah. And then I'm curious, like before you were doing all of that, and before you even really pumped any ad juice into the chalk programming online, like what, actually led to selling four thousand dollars a month of membership to that like what what did you do to actually get that in front of eyes
2: that was pretty simple i just like told everybody on my instagram actually i didn't even do stories weren't a thing yet it was just a post yeah i i just said you know if you guys a lot of people have been asking us about our programming like you always ask what the workout is every day you're welcome to see it now. You just have to go to our website and sign up for Talk Online. It's $20 a month. Yeah. And I just did it one time. Yeah. Because I didn't really like want to shove it down people's throats and it just kind of picked up on its own. Yeah. And then interesting enough, the books and stuff that I was selling was all one-on-one DMs. People really? would DM me for the book. Yeah. I would tell them my PayPal information or my Venmo information. They would do that. I would send it back. There'd be days where I'd be on my phone all day. Literally the whole day in my office, sending off thirty dollars books all day, and like I might make like a thousand or two thousand bucks in that day, and I'd be like, "Wow, this is insane," you know. But like, I was in my office all day, and it started to wear on me. Yeah. And then I met somebody who was like, "Dude, you can make a Shopify account," and I, you know, I (laughs) made a Shopify account, and I, I didn't even know. Like, I was so oblivious, and. The Shopify account became something that was unlimited, you know, I could sell as much as I wanted. I remember one month, you know, I made like fifty grand in book sales.
0: That's amazing. And, Especially at like $30 I, a book.
2: And I didn't even sell like I didn't even sit there on my phone one time. And I remember just being like, Holy shit, this is a new level. So I started to just kind of figure out figure out that. But yeah, to think about me right now on my phone, sending each one individually is pretty intense.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's no joke. Just straight one to one sales for an ebook. That's yeah, that's wild, man.
2: It was it was insane because I was doing that and still doing everything for the gym and people sign up and cancel every single day for the for my online um, chalk online program. Yeah. So that's gotten to the point now where I can't like I I just can't answer that many emails anymore. So I have someone yeah. who helps with the emails on that now. Yeah. So that's a new thing for me. I actually have three people helping me with emails. Really? I get like, I get like probably 1,500 emails a day.
1: That's insane.
2: Yeah.
1: Jeez. So now
2: I have three assistants that just do emails. Yeah. Wow. It's nuts. Yeah. For
0: sure. That's crazy. Dude, so I'm curious then, like, where, how would you say that you split your focus right now? Or do you have, like, one intense focus uh, in terms of, like, your businesses?
2: I guess the, like, the main focus is me as a fitness person in general like I don't want people to see me as just the workout guy I don't want to be seen as just a gym owner like I don't want to be seen as any of that I want people to see me as like a business entrepreneur yeah so that they feel inclined to be part of everything that I have
1: Yeah.
2: and I think that's what really helps me out is like when I put something out for sale like everybody buys it yeah you know whereas like if I was you know some girl with a million followers you know, they might only get a small portion of people that are buying their products. Yeah. But because of my, my people are so into like what I'm doing and I try to incorporate all of those things. I think it really helps like the brand that I am and I'm always in my gym and I'm always like part of the community. And I never, I don't know, I never did anything that like came off as douche or anything like that. I just live my life like very normal and I just love what I do and I'm super appreciative for everything that I have and I think it comes across pretty genuine, whereas a lot of people don't do not come across genuine to me at all. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I feel
0: that. It's been, yeah, man. There's so much I'm I'm planning on making a bunch more videos for my YouTube where I'm just gonna be ripping on all like pretty much all those people that are just like become a six and seven figure entrepreneur in the fitness industry with no work in six months or less, you know, all those you people. With- I want
2: to. I want to see that person's like. I want to see his bank account. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, full. I would show some my bank account, but like, you don't believe me. Here you go, and I'll just show a yeah. picture of it. Like I have no no problem doing that. Yeah, But like, I would love to ask that person, like, all right, well, let's see your bank account and just like prove it to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I see a lot of it where it's like, they'll show a a snapshot for like a launch week of how much they made and then just be like, yeah, if that were across 52 weeks, that's seven figures. Yeah. (laughs) What they fail to let people know is, oh, no, after that, you have to actually deliver upon those programs and, you know, you're not going to open up your card again for another however long.
2: Well, Yeah. yeah. And how much money, how much, I mean... I could spend so much money on ad spend that my bank account shows like a million dollars in a month, but I might've, I might've only made like 10 grand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's not hard to do that. Yeah. I could very, you could very easily do that. Like you could spend a fuck ton on ad spend and just get not a good return. Yeah. Typically I try to work on a 10 to one ad spend. That's
0: incredible. And so you have somebody who's uh, managing your ads for you, correct? Yes. Yeah. And how did you end up finding them?
2: That was the person um, that I had on my podcast at one point who had a very low following, like 10,000 people. Yeah. And was telling me she was making like, you know, these astronomical numbers that at the time to me was like crazy. Yeah. And I remember just being like, what? And after the podcast, I was like, hey, like, do you mind like sharing with me like, you know, who this person is or like. I mean, not even her, but like, do you know any other companies that I could use? I'd, I'd love to try using ads and see if it works for me. Yeah, and you know, that was when I kind of I met some different people. I tried some different people out, and I just eventually found the one that worked really well for me. Yeah, you gotta find. You have to find somebody who knows your like, who knows who you are and like what you put into it, because then like you have such a great connection. Yeah, and then they also need to be like very like knowledgeable on your space. Like you don't want someone who's selling like baby stuff all of yeah. a sudden start selling your nutrition program, you know? Yeah. Just because she kills it with baby stuff doesn't mean she's going to kill it with your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And that I'm- was something I found to be true. Like, cause there's huge companies that are like, you know what? We can make anyone crush. And I'm like, well, you didn't yeah. make me crush at all. Yeah. And you might give them a lot of money.
0: Yeah. Cause that's something I'm super curious about. Cause it's like, I, I you know, I talked to a lot of coaches and most people it's like, that's not their genius zone whatsoever is running ads and things of that nature. So I'm curious, like, what were you looking for other than just somebody who understood you and understood your space? Or was that the most important thing for you when you were selecting someone to actually run your ads?
2: Well, once you start picking someone to get your ads, you just don't want to sign a contract that says you're you're locked in for a year or two. That's like the big thing. Yeah. You want to be able to be like, you know what? You're not generating any money for me. And if they don't generate money for you on like month two, then I would be like, you know what? Forget this. Yeah. Like when I found the one, like I had generated like a four or a five to one ratio in my first month. Really? I was like, Oh, this is great. And then it started getting better and better and better. We started spending more money and then, I got I was getting better returns. Yeah. And I knew this that this girl was the one. And then from there making your products like easily buyable. Yeah. You know, like not not a lot of steps and like very easy access is like yeah. what makes everything go round. Because the more opportunities that people have to like stop clicking on stuff, yeah, they're just gonna leave. Yeah. So like when you go through like the click funnel part of all of this, like if there's a bunch of different clicks, it just, you just lose them. Yeah. And even right now I have a few, like my talk online is quite a few clicks and I can't get it. I can't get it to be any less than what it is right now. Yeah. But my nutrition challenges, my books, all that's like one click done.
0: Yeah. Nice. And I'm curious, like, do you mind sharing how much you pay the person who runs your ads for you? like on a monthly basis? Is it a percentage of like the return? Is it a fixed retainer? I'm curious how that works for you.
2: Um, typically I won't really spend more than like four or $5,000 in a month.
0: Yeah. On her or on the ads plus her?
2: Um, the the ads would be like four or five. And then she's like, she's like typically like two to 2,500 bucks. Yeah. But whenever I make like something like, I always told her like, if you, if you make me six figures in a month, I'll give you 10 grand. Yeah. Like I, I, and, which is like completely absurd. Like nobody would ever do that. Yeah. So like I've had to give her that before. So she made like an extra, like $8,000 that month that, that she's not usually used to. Yeah. So little, little things like that create like an incredible relationship with, yeah you know, with people and they really respect that. So. Yeah. That's like my typical ad spends like four or five. And then. Yeah. She's usually like two to twenty five hundred bucks. And then I just I the bonuses I make up on my own. Yeah. Sometimes we'll we'll do a post or we'll do a challenge or something and I'll be like, you know, if we hit this number, I'll give you this or whatever. And she gets all excited about it. So that's kinda like one thing that we start that we do together. Yeah. Nice. That's so funny. And I just make I just make the numbers up randomly. Yeah nice
0: yeah it's so funny i think some people listening to this are gonna be like holy crap you know spending (laughs) 2,000 to 2,500 just for somebody to spend four or five thousand dollars of my money but then when you think about that making a 10x return that's that's insane especially starting out at four to five uh had you ever tried anybody before that or did you i did and it was
2: i had lost money before with some people i had also like broken even and i'd had like like a somewhat like so, so return and yeah, you know, whatever. Like it wasn't ever nothing crazy. Cause I had heard some people like, yo, I'm like making all this. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Um, but it also really, it, a lot of people you, you like, I could set you up with everything under the moon, but if your content's not good and your yeah. product's not good, it's still not going to help.
0: Yeah. And when you had the lower or like negative returns, do you think that was because of your content or was it the same stuff that she is currently selling same stuff? Yeah. 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 What do you think it was with them? Was it, was it that like you're saying where they just didn't understand you or your market or like, what do you think the key was?
2: I think that's what it is. Like they don't understand you enough to, to target the right people because what happens is you eventually run out of a pool of people to target. Yeah. And then from there you have to start finding a new audience. Yeah. And the way that you find a new audience is by using different tags you know, by her calling me up and say, hey, I need you to start doing this. Like right now, the Instagram algorithm is different than ever. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you know this right now, if you listen to my social media podcast, but right now, the only people getting engagement is swipes. So yeah. like if you, if you, if we post a photo about this podcast today and it's just a screenshot of us, yeah, um, it's not going to get nearly as much engagement as if you did like, you know, we do like a bunch of like faces and shit. And yeah. It's like five. Like the five, five swipes will be like way better. Yeah. So that's, what's killing it right now. And the reason for that is, is because you can't market, you can't market a post unless it's one post. Yeah. So like a carousel, for instance, like two photos, two videos, you can't put ad spend behind it. Yeah. It doesn't get marketed because it has to go because Instagram and Facebook are one. Yeah. So because they're one thing, when you go on Facebook, you can't do a carousel effect. So because of that, I think Instagram is like just doing this thing just for a little bit to get people who don't have huge followers to get huge followers. Yeah. By getting rid of people who are using money for ads to get more followers. And then I think they're going to cut this off. And then all of the people are going to have a shit ton of followers. And then they're going to make them spend money. And it's going to go back to the single post, I think.
0: Interesting. I don't know if I fully understood that. So like, (laughs) yeah, I don't know if I fully understood that. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to review that. That's like, I've actually, yeah, I've stopped using Instagram just because it's totally not within my genius zone here. Let
2: me do it. I'll I'll, I'll try to do it a little, I'll try to do it a little easier. So if I post, let's say I post one photo of me snatching, right? And it's me like in mid snatch. Yeah. That photo won't do as well as like three different progressions. Yeah. Like, but you have to swipe for all three. Got it. But if I post the photo of me snatching and I'm all shredded and stuff. Yeah. I can put money behind that and boost that post with ad spend. Got it. But I can't boost the post with, with three swipes.
0: I see what you're saying.
2: And right now Instagram is only boosting the swipe ones. Yeah. Without money though, like they're just doing it. Like the algorithm is just making those people show up in your explore page.
0: Got it. Yeah. I've been noticing that.
2: So even the post, like if I do a single post tomorrow and I put ad spend behind it, it won't even do as well as a post that doesn't have ad spend and has swipes. Really? So does that make more sense? That makes a lot more
0: sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so are you, ah, yeah. Yeah, man. That's wild. Wild to think about. Cause I have been noticing that too, where it's like, if I haven't swiped one of those posts, it'll still show up, but it'll be like the next one in the carousel in my discover. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Cause they really want you to see that.
0: Yeah. That's wild. Now I think going back to the ad spend too, like when you were working with those people who got the negative or the poor return, were you paying them the same amount to manage the ads as you were your current woman?
2: Um, actually some of them I was paying more. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You just kind of get lucky on, uh, on who you get. Yeah. And what, what they're marketing too. So there's a whole nother world to all of this. That is like the Amazon world. And then there's a whole bunch of different like Amazon spend. There's all sorts of stuff with YouTube. So I just started doing YouTube and that's like a whole animal in itself. And it requires different ads, different ads spend. It's a lot more expensive. Yeah. Like Facebook and Instagram ads, if you have a business and you're not using that, you're like at a serious disadvantage. Yeah. But on YouTube, oh my god, I you know, I don't know, I probably spend a thousand or fifteen hundred bucks a month on YouTube ads and it's it's just an investment for me at this point. I'm trying to get enough views and enough subscribers to make YouTube something lucrative for me. Yeah. But the, you know, I'm getting zero return on that right now. Like, I don't have any sponsors, nothing yeah. like that. I'm just spending it to get the boost. And I'm just hoping it's going to work out in the long run. Yeah. But YouTube is something that I I never really thought was going to be as big as it is now because I don't think people realize, like, Everything that you've ever posted that's dope on Instagram, it's not searchable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I can't search like you know, Ryan's booty workout from Instagram yesterday. Yeah. But I can I can search Ryan's booty workout on YouTube and it'll pop up forever. Yeah. So now you have people that have millions of views on a video that are still getting a check in the mail ten years from now.
1: Yeah, it's so, pretty
2: all these people building big audiences, you, you'll wind up looking in their bio and you'll see like YouTube, like they, they're all trying to do a YouTube because YouTube, I think in the end will wind up raining supreme.
1: Yeah.
0: I definitely feel that. That's why we're recording a video right now for the first time with this podcast. And
2: yeah,
1: yeah
0: I've, I've been kind of shown the light because my business initially thrived because I was good at search engine optimization. And then as soon as I had my mind flipped by a friend that YouTube is a search engine and it's good for Google SEO, I was like, Oh, all right. I got to get on there. Cause I had stopped doing Instagram for a bit. Cause I'm like, Oh man, this like expiring content isn't inspiring me to post. And yeah, now with the whole YouTube thing, I'm like, all right, I'm feeling that like fire again to actually start creating that video content
2: yeah it's um it's very, very interesting, but it's very hard to grow on YouTube. I have friends who have millions of followers on Instagram, and they only have like a hundred thousand on YouTube. yeah, it's like really hard to gain that audience, but I was lucky and I had one of my YouTube uh, videos like two weeks ago hit like 300,000 views. really, and I only have 10,000 subscribers right now, and it just it just hit it just hit just right, like yeah, put the right tags in or whatever. but what was the video? Um, it's, uh, it's about how to run with this guy, Richard Diaz. And he's like one of the best running coaches in the world. Yeah. He's the man. So the title of it was don't watch this unless you want to run more efficiently. And that's what crushed. So I made another video with him that was all about like VO2 max testing on the treadmill. Yeah. And we, we put it up for, you know, it was, it said like why VO2 max matters in CrossFit. That's what we're shooting for. And then after a couple days, it only gotten like seven, 8,000 views. And then we switched the title and the thumbnail and it went up to 50 to 60,000 views. Yeah. So just the thumbnail and the title on that on YouTube is massive.
0: What did you switch the title to?
2: I forget what we switched it to. It was, um, uh, yeah, I can't remember. Oh, how to exponentially increase your fitness.
1: Yeah,
2: no or way. how to, ex- or how to exponentially increase your capacity. Yeah. It was how to ex- exponentially increase perform. Maybe oh, exponentially increase performance. Yeah. So that's so wild. It's the same thing, like yeah. why VO two max matters, or how to exponentially increase performance. Very two very similar things, but no one understands what VO two max is, and people know what performance is. Yeah. So. In literally like two days, we switched it, and it went from seven thousand to fifty thousand views.
0: I'm so curious about that because a lot of my friends who are good at YouTube, they're like the tight. It's like the title needs to have keywords, and it needs to have the long tail keywords. But then, you know, I hear that and it's like it went from like a long tail keyword rich title to all of a sudden a little bit more like clickbaity and understandable title and then it takes off. Were you like boosting that at all with ads or like what was the what was the way you were promoting that video?
2: Whatever the ad spend is, because I don't really yeah. have anything to do with it. Yeah. It it didn't change in that time. Yeah. Like it was it's the same as it's always been. And like I have other videos that have only reached like seven or 8,000 views total forever. Yeah. Yeah. They're in my opinion, they're way better videos. Yeah. But either the title wasn't there or something wasn't there.
0: Yeah. That's yeah. That's super interesting. I wonder if that's because like when you're running ads to your audience, then all of a sudden the title needs to appeal to your audience rather than like a lot of the people who are talking about uh, creating YouTube videos that are searchable. It's more like Yeah. If you don't have a following, you just want your video to show up when someone searches how to increase your VO2 max for CrossFit into Google or into YouTube, you know, searchable versus like clickable. And no one's,
2: no one's going to write that, you know, they're going to write how do I increase my performance? Yeah. Very simple things like that. But yeah, that's crazy how that works out. Yeah. I really want to get good at YouTube. It's, it's just cool because once you build a following on YouTube, like anything you do is postable. Yeah. You know, like, just a day in the life getting coffee and walking around could be like a video that you make money on yeah because you already have a following and people are connected to you and they just mm-hmm. want to see what you're doing yeah like That's i did i did a youtube today i just went to whole foods and we just walked around and i talked about all the food that i normally buy and why and why i don't buy certain things and different things that i think you should look out for when you're buying foods and like that was all i did and that video will probably crush yeah Yeah, one of
0: my most popular videos is me doing that in Costco. Oh, cool. I like that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, dude, so, like, for you, do you, because there's a lot of people who say, like, you need to create a content calendar and kind of know way in advance what you're going to end up creating. Are you one of those people? Or do you just, like, kind of come up with content ideas and then execute because you got a team that can do it?
2: So, I make all the content. Yeah. Well, no, I don't. I take that back. But... (laughs) Like I have, I have a guy who takes videos and stuff for me and yes. I see him quite a bit and we scheme up stuff together, but it's just that day. And yeah. then also I'll, I'll wake up with an idea like next to my bed, I have a, a scratch piece of paper and a pen and I'll wake up in the middle of the night and be like, oh my God, it's such a good idea. And I'll write it down Yeah. and I'll, I'll think of stuff while I'm at work and I'll be like, oh my God, I'm gonna write that down. That's great. And, like I have notes on my phone and stuff, but there's something about the classic pen and paper that just like is staring at you in the face everywhere you go, like I have that same piece of paper it's in my bag, and when I open my computer, it just falls out, so I can't yeah. forget it, and I bring it with me everywhere, and that piece of paper is like anything that's ever made me money in my life has been on that piece of paper that's amazing. which I think is fucking so cool, like that piece of. Everybody's yeah. like, I want to see, I want to see that piece of paper really bad. I'm like, you'll never get
0: to. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a magic genie lamp you have with you all the time. That's so good. So then, like for you with the content creation, you like you uh, you said you have a video guy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, like. How often do you work with that guy? And if you come up with an idea like, oh, I want to walk through Whole Foods, are you scheduling that time? Are you grabbing, you know, a camera and just kind of like selfie vlogging? Like, what's that looking like for you?
2: I've never done the whole selfie vlogging thing yet. Yeah. Um, I I don't know why I don't really like it, but yeah. I, I think because I feel like I have to go and edit it and I don't have time for that. Yeah. So I'd rather just pay someone to do it for me. Yeah. So I do like one YouTube video a week right now. That's all I really have time for. Yeah. And that cost me 500 bucks for him to make the YouTube for me, edit it, give me all these different social media shorts, like thumbnail, this, that, he'll give me all sorts of stuff. Um, he'll give me an IGTV version of it that I can make and throw up on my page.
1: Yeah,
2: It's, it, for me, it's super worth it because I get so much content out of it and I'll get a bunch of photos and different things. But um, what's really important is having these things that people really want to see in in a way that they want to see it. So like people love that blurred out background, you know, with the the 1.8 lens. And then, you know, if you're out, they love the huge landscape shot. And there is a big difference. I think like a lot of people say, you know, you don't need a nice camera. And it's like, well, it's hard to say, like, I feel like, you could be that guy who has a million hits on something because it's really funny or whatever on an iPhone. But if you want to be consistently doing good content and you want people to pay you for a product, it better be on something that you know gives a really crisp feel. So I I try to do that. I ask him to you know make me videos that I can cut and turn into a swipe format right now because that's the hot yeah. thing on the on the IG algorithm. And then yeah, that's like um, that's kind of like what we do. And then otherwise, he'll come up what we try to do is we try to link up with other influencers. We have a pretty big following. We'll have them come up and like we'll work out together and tag each other like in our stories or something like that. I want to do more of that. Yeah. But what hap- I just get really let down when I meet these people and I'm like, fuck you suck. <laughs> like yeah. you have a half a million followers and you have no idea what you're doing. Like you don't look nearly as good as you did on your Instagram. Yeah. And like you can't even talk. Like you're like a weirdo. Like, so I just I, I I've been doing less of it. And he's like, dude, you gotta meet up with so-and-so, or this girl wants to come work out. I'm like, dude, I can't do it like morally. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, Well, this is how you get followers. And I'm like, Well, fuck I don't want them then, because this yeah. sucks. Like, I don't like I don't like working out with these people. Yeah. That's too funny. <laughs> You're totally welcome to go ahead and post that. I don't
0: care. Oh yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Thank you for being there. But yeah, I mean, I feel you too. I've, uh, I've definitely been told like, Oh, you need to have more people with big following on your shows. If you want to grow your show. And I'm like, Half the people with big followings that I've had on my show in the past, when I do my due diligence and listen to shows they've done in the past, they say the same thing on my show. I'm like, it's not original content that I'm putting out there. I'm just like regurgitating their PR training. And I kind of feel the same way. It's like a boring conversation for me because I've already heard them do it twice when I was like listening to other podcasts leading up to it. And yeah, I'd much rather these conversations where it's like, oh, like I've kind of met you before and, you know, I've listened to some of your stuff and you're talking authentically. Let's get, let's get you on the show and hear something different.
2: I've been loving this show so far. Cause I've, no one's ever actually asked me like how my, you know, how I've turned my business into what it is. And I actually, when I wrote that, like, you know, I was like in the seven figure category now, like I was really nervous to write that, you know, like, yeah. I didn't really know like if I should write that. I'm like, do I want people to know that or not? Or, my mom was like, don't write that, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, you know what? Fuck this. I worked really hard for this. And, yeah, you know, I want people to hear. I'm assuming you you looked at that post where it talked about like my whole life. And it was just like I wrote a bunch of different things. Yeah. And that's where I wrote it. And um, I just was like, you know, this is something I'm really proud of. And, I, you know, there's a lot of people out there right now that people are following that don't know anything. They don't own a gym. They don't like any of this stuff they just went to the gym figured out how to work out they look really good and now they're selling somebody else's program yeah. you know they're copying pasting something and like making money on it but it's like you know that's not me I'm, I've, I've owned a gym and i've worked my ass off and i've you know i've created books on my own and i've started from the ground up and i have a really cool story and there's a other stuff about me that you know people don't know that created you know the I don't know the person I am today. Like I I was, I was on another podcast talking about how I never met my dad until I was 24 years old. Yeah. And I didn't even know who he was until I was 18. And like, just things like that, that like all like kind of created the person I am today. And I think that it's important for people to know that because everything that they're seeing right now is fake. Like, everybody just wants to be the next person making money off of Instagram and fitness. Like who wouldn't want to make money working out? That's great. Yeah. But it's really hard to do. It's really hard. Like it's really hard to be that person who makes a living, you know, doing nutrition or doing workouts. Like it, when I was in school to get your master's degree in dietetics, like, cause I got my, my bachelor's in physiology and, and then another, I double majored in nutrition and I was like, Oh, I might want to get my master's in nutrition. And they were like, "Well, there's like basically two jobs when you get out. yeah And then when you do get out, like you one might not get that job and you're only going to be getting paid like 60 grand a year." And I was like, "Yeah, what?" <laughs> so now it's like if you don't make a niche for yourself, like on social media or you know somehow some way, you're not going to make a lot of money. and there's a lot of people saying that they are making, that they are making money or not making money, yeah. and they're, they're banking on people believing them. You know, and you know, stuff doesn't work out all the time. Like people that I thought were killing it, you find out they're not yeah. all the time, all the time. Yeah. But
0: I'm yeah. I'm curious to I, ask you, like, who do you think your ideal person is that like follows you and buys all your stuff? Like, do you have an idea in your head of like who that person is?
2: Well, ideally that person likes to work out a little bit different than most. Yeah, because like my interval bodybuilding stuff is like kind of my go-to training. Yeah. So there's there's somebody who really likes crossfit, but they like to bodybuild. Yeah. And they're inspired by somebody who you know owns a business and has a bunch of other things, who obviously is not working out all day. Yeah. You know, because I think that a lot of people are following different influencers on Instagram who look amazing which yeah. is great and I commend them for that but one like they don't have a job like they're just they're they get to work out all day like they can go to the gym in the morning and do two hours of cardio and come back later and work out for two hours and film the whole thing and eat perfect all day and get eight hours of sleep every day and like wake up late you know go to bed early like all these things yeah and I think when you see someone like me who has so much going on, you're like, man, he's really busy and he looks good. And he has like his own training style. Like I want to be like that. Yeah. And that's who I hope follows me. Nice.
0: So, yeah. Am
2: that's I cool. answering everything pretty good? Like you'd like
0: <laughs> answering things to the T, right? <laughs> <beautifully. laughs> yeah, dude. But yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm always curious about that. Cause it's like, you know, sometimes like you've got a big following on Instagram. No doubt about that. Like, what are you at? Like 130,000, 135,000?
2: I'll hit 150 today at some point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like right now it's like, there's a lot of people who are trying to go for just like, generally people who like fitness, generally people who like CrossFit. And when you're saying like niche down, it's like, okay, you know, what do you, what are you imagining that you're niching down into? And that's interesting to hear. Cause you know, with the person who owns the business is busy and wants to train in a different way. It's like, when I hear that, I'm like, damn, there's 150,000 people that might be that. That's amazing. You can make seven figures off of that instead of just the bigger market. That's amazing.
2: Well, I went to a huge business conference once with a bunch of really famous speakers. Andy Frasella was there talking, like a a bunch of huge people. And they were saying, you know, the more niche you are right now, the more money you're going to make. Yeah, And I mean, people that are on a broad scale, they have too much competition. And then you niche out and people are looking for something very specific
0: and boom, exhaling it. Yeah. Yeah, And I think you can actually be charging a premium when you do that as well. Because like, and one of the things that I'm noticing in the nutrition coaching space, which is why I'm really trying to like, shift a nutrition coaches mindset is that it's like you look at their bio line and Instagram. And it's like, if you want to learn how to lose weight and eat for performance, click the link in my bio. And I'm like, like, who does that speak to? You know, that's like everybody. It's like they're trying to be like, oh, if you want to do the things that everybody wants to do, click the link in my bio versus like, I've got this one woman who signed up for my program and she's like, yeah, like I want to help women who are like in their 30s and 40s that do uh, CrossFit for conditioning for mixed martial arts. I'm like, you're going to kill it. You are absolutely going to kill it. Because if you find a woman who's like 30 to 40 and she's doing CrossFit and mixed martial arts, like she's going to pay you a... Can some of money to actually do that versus somebody who's like, I'm going to help you eat to be lean and perform, you know, like sweet. Good on you. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely accurate. Like people I know, like a lot of the women in the space who are doing pregnancy stuff are just killing it. Yeah. Because that pregnancy thing is like very specific. Yeah. And they're looking, I think what a lot of people pass up on is the fact that like, let's say you do have a broad a broad thing that you're trying to sell, but they still want to, they still want to be connected to you. So like, there's yeah. something about you that they want the information from you. Like, I can't tell you how many people on Instagram have huge followings, yeah. huge, huge engagement that like, they're like skinny kids in the gym working out. Yeah. Like skinny, like actually, like if I saw them in person and I have, I wouldn't even think they worked out. Yeah, And they're, they're, they're having videos of them with their shirt off, like at some gym in like San Diego outside, like doing, you know, flies and stuff. And I'm like, you look like you need to eat. And like, (laughs) there's like 10,000 likes on it. Click the link in my bio for workout programs. Kids are killing it. Yeah. You know why? Because there's some kid out there who looks just like that. And he's like, that's his motivation. Like, yeah. there's not a lot of people that are probably going to follow me and be like, oh, I want abs like that. But they're probably just like so far off that they're just like, you know what? That's too much. I'm going to go this guy. Like this is the guy, you know? And, yeah. and, and women are like that more than anyone. Like yeah. the girl's too lean. They're like, oh, I don't look like that. Or, yeah. you know, the girl has too much curves or too much muscle. Like there's always like that, that one girl. Like, uh, is it Kaylin It scenes or it signs or, sure. you know, there's some girl, she's the most famous girl on Instagram for fitness plans. She makes millions of dollars a year and her body looks like she's never done anything ever. Yeah. Like she just looks like a regular girl who, eat, who drinks like one latte and eats two bananas a day. Yeah. And she is selling workout programs on a massive scale. Yeah. Because girls just want to be skinny and look like that.
0: Yeah. That's such an interesting point. I haven't thought about that too, where it's like, sometimes people would just want the information from you. Like, yeah, you're kind of the filter, like you're relatable. So then it's like, you're the filter of all the information to them.
2: Dude, the only thing that matters is being relatable. That is the only thing that matters. Like once reality TV hit like MTV, like, and it was like, you know, like, you know, what are those shows called? Where like people were just, they were just like, reality tv like even like the jersey Shore, yeah. You yeah know? it was like a reality tv show and all of a sudden people were just super connected to it like yeah you know i'm just like this guy or this guy is like this or whatever and it's now people have the ability to follow and unfollow whoever they want without even, yeah. even feel bad. you know they're just like this is the guy this is the person and i remember when i was first starting to, to weight lift i i didn't Like when I was in the gym, I didn't look at what the guy that was super massive was doing. I looked at the guy that looked a little bit more like me, but like a little bit better version of me. And I was like, that guy looks good. That guy looks good. I could look like that soon. And like, I wanted to know what he was doing. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are missing out on that. Like for me to believe in myself enough to say, you know what? I'm going to sell my programs. I'm going to push this. It, it was, it was like a scary step for me. It was You know, like I was, I was nervous about it. And I have friends all the time that are like, man, I really want to start monetizing on Instagram, but I'm like a little bit insecure about like bringing a camera to the gym or like, you know, taking a photo of myself with my shirt off. And I'm like, well, don't ever tell me that so-and-so doesn't deserve that. Or you think that, you know, their stuff's garbage or like, don't ever talk shit on anybody because you're not willing to do it. Yeah.
0: And that person has the courage to,
2: you know what I mean? That's really all it is. Yeah. There's some people that are so insecure they wouldn't even be on this podcast right now. Like, I don't want to talk to somebody about my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Big time. Yeah. That's
0: wild. Yeah. It's such an interesting example of the relatability thing. So there's this surfer from New Jersey who has the Instagram handle Ben Gravy. And he's hands down my favorite surfer for one reason. And that's because, like, I'm super into, like, could you surf that? Like, novelty waves. And I'm also really into just, like, Having the most fun out there. Like yesterday, I had a guy in the water who's like, Oh, it was a bit better earlier, huh? I'm like, How are you going to tell me that? I, like, I probably threw one of the most aggressive top turns on a wave I'd ever thrown, coming out, just paddling out, cheesing, and that guy drops that. I'm like, How are you going to try to tell me that I'm not having the most fun I could possibly be having in the water right now? <laughs> <You know? laughs> and this guy, Ben Gravy, is just like, The waves could be awful. His caption's going to be, It's nuking. And he's just out there having <laughs> the best. Time and I'm yeah. like, he is my idol in terms of surfing, like, yeah. no matter what the conditions are, just having more fun than anybody, and that's who I yeah. want to Yeah, and yeah, he's not, you know, he's not a WSL pro surfer, like, you know, throwing the best moves on a wave, he's just the guy having the most fun, and that's what I relate to. So, yeah, it's a very like recent discovery for me.
2: Well, you remember, um, uh, Andrew Eger, right? Yeah, so. I remember you know, I used to work out with her and she used to come to Ronnie's gym all the time. We'd work out together and I remember she was getting really big on Instagram. Yeah. And she was doing seminars and, you know, selling out, making so much money every weekend on these huge seminars. Yeah. And she had never went to the games. Yeah. You know what I mean? She was just this regular girl who trained really hard. She got really close every time. But she had a story and she was confident to go out there and talk and put herself out there and get on her Instagram and document her life. And she was making more money, hands down, than anybody. Yeah. It didn't matter who you were. And even right now, you know, you have someone like Brooke Enns who's probably making more money than Tia Toomey. Yeah. Or, you know, there's all these different types of people that are monetizing in their own way. And it, it doesn't matter. You are. I think that's what people are losing that all the time. They think that they need to be this crazy person, and in reality, they could just be the regular surfer who just thinks that it's fucking nuking every day.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) You know what I mean? Exactly. That guy could make a shirt out, a shirt tomorrow that just says it's fucking nuking, and I guarantee you'd want to buy it, and so would everybody else. Yeah. Well, dude, he actually
0: just, he has this uh, foamy board that has like a bunch of pineapples with sunglasses on the bottom. And that's like a signature board that he uses in all like the crazy, like random novelty waves. And he just did a collaboration with a foamy company to actually start selling that commercially. And there's just like people all over the internet, just posting with the board, you know, all of his fans are just like, I can finally ride this Ben Gravy style foamy. (laughs) And, and it's that's crushing. It. Awesome. Yeah. It's so good.
2: See, you like, everybody's got their little niche in there. And I yeah. think that, I think anybody who decides that they're good enough will be good enough. And I think that the, if, if they're confident, they'll be able to monetize to whatever amount they want. Yeah. You could be driving down the street one day and saying, I could buy that car and buy that house. And just because you're confident, I mean, there's so many people out there that are just confident. There's people yeah. selling snake oil that are confident as fuck. Yeah.
1: People. I don't
2: want to come I don't want to encourage snake oil selling, but no, like, you know, I mean, you can do anything you want. Even Gary Vee says like if you want to sell, you know, fucking Pokemon cards and, and be the best Pokemon card salesman ever, you could do something like that. Yeah. There's somebody looking for it. Yeah. And there's billions of people, you know, there's so many people out there that for you to hit like one small portion is it's not that hard. Yeah. I think if you sell a thousand of something for a thousand dollars, you make a million bucks. Yeah. Or, or is it like a hundred thousand of something for a thousand is a million, a thousand of something for 10,000 is, you know, a million. Like there's all these little breakdowns and you're like, when you think about it, you're like, it's really
0: not that bad. Yeah. Awesome. Dude. I think that's a good place to, to end the show. yeah yeah so where can people find you
2: you can find me on my instagram ryan fish r-y-a-n-f-i-s-c-h my website is Ryan, so it's g-y-m-r-y-a-n.com and that's where like my books are i'm going to share some challenges that i throw worldwide and then if you ever want to follow the gym and what we're doing in the gym we have some hilarious stories every day and i post some of the workouts that we do actually quite quite often or at least parts of it so you don't get the whole workout and that's CrossFit Chalk. So CrossFit Chalk, IG, Ryan Fish, IG, and then JimRyan.com.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode with Ryan Fisher. I know it's a little bit of a longer one. We'll be back short form next week. But if you made it to this point, I recommend checking out Ryan's training ebooks, which are on his website, JimRyan.com. He's also an amazing person to follow on Instagram at Ryan Fish, and his gym is CrossFit Chalk. As you heard, he is also starting to put out more content on YouTube, which you can check out after you go to beyondmacros.com slash YouTube and subscribe to get our upcoming videos, which are going to have topics ranging from interviews with coaches and business owners to videos in the kitchen with me showing you how I make cooking delicious food easy. As always, thanks so much for listening. Make sure you're subscribed to the show to get the latest episodes when they come out. And if you enjoyed the episode, please share it with anyone you know will love it too. Much love, and I'll see you again next week.